Portobello Time Bank was created back in 2013 to help people share their time in useful ways. It started with perhaps people looking for help around the house or garden, helping prepare meals or even moving house. Practical things which bring people together in their local community, but its work has developed quite considerably over that decade. For this episode, I brought together three of the original members, Laura Plum, Kirsty Carver and Barbara Mann, along with Christine Wallace, who joined about 18 months ago. Laura told me she was inspired by what she learned from a member of the Edinburgh Voluntary Organisations Council, or EVOC, and that led her to set up the first meeting. We arranged a meeting in the library where I met Kirsty and Barbara and others who joined together after that meeting to um, talk about setting up. Barbara, can I turn to you because before we started recording you were talking about the community involvement. Laura had put a piece in the Portobello Reporter to advertise this event at the library and it really interested me straight away because I had heard of time banks but I hadn't looked into it very closely. So I read a little bit more and, and the principle of everybody's time being of equal value really appealed to me and the, the, the principle that everybody has something to give. That's what hooked me. And time is the currency, not skills. So everybody has something to offer. Yes, the fear is when somebody thinks about this, I have nothing to offer. Exactly. And through the years uh, when I've spoken to people about the time bank, and I do very frequently, I think people avoid me now I talk about it so much. But uh, that's the first thing people say is, but, but, but I have nothing to offer. Or they say, I'd be happy to volunteer, but I don't need anything. And both of those things can be disputed, I think. We all need somebody. We all need something. We all need help at some stage. And it shouldn't be difficult to ask. And it shouldn't be difficult to give in a community, in any community. We just need to make the right networks, I think. Kirsty, what was it that attracted you? We've heard Barbara's interpretation of what drew her in. So I'd just recently moved to Portobello and we didn't know anybody in the area. And I'd also recently, I think three weeks before, had a baby and I just saw it as an opportunity to get to know people in the community and also because we didn't have any family nearby I thought it would be nice to meet people of cross generations rather than having a full friendship group of just mums with small children in the same position as me so that was it was kind of the opportunity of meeting people across different age groups that I liked. Has it worked? Yeah, absolutely. So Barbara now is seen as my local granny to my children. <laughs> I know she doesn't like the word granny, but you know, my eldest has often had art classes around at Barbara's house on a Friday afternoon after school and yeah. round for coffee and play in the garden with the kids. So yeah, it's been really nice. Laura, can I come back to you? Because how does it actually work? How do you gain credits, if I can put it that, and how do you spend those credits? We call them individual exchanges, but one of the beauties of the Time Bank is that it's not actually an exchange. You can respond to a request, whether it's to mow somebody's lawn or take something to the dump and um, fulfil that request. And then you've earned an hour, perhaps, or two hours, whatever mm -hmm. length of time it is, and that's added to your credits, that then you can make a request later on and it might be fulfilled by somebody else entirely. Equally, you can join in community events. We've got um, various groups, I think. Uh, Christine will be able to tell you a bit about, but whether they're arts, crafts, or litter-picking groups. So in joining those, contributing to those, you're either earning if you're litter-picking or gaining if you're receiving a lesson in crafts, for example. The thing that crosses my mind is just how complicated is this actually to manage? So when we first launched the Time Bank, we were managing it on an Excel spreadsheet and we had a time broker and that was quite 
a lot of administration. And within the first year, we started using a software called Our World, which was given to us by the Time Bank member in America who built the software and donated it to Time Banks around the world. And that enables every member of the Time Bank to log on and see what requests and offers are posted at any one time and people can respond directly through the software and update their balance sheet themselves. So it became much less onerous on the administration team. Which must have been a great relief. It was a huge relief and mm -hmm. much less time spent on Excel. We wouldn't manage with paper now. No, definitely members. not. No. <laughs> yeah. Christine, you were a relatively new member. You joined about 18 months ago. What was it that attracted you? No pressure, but I've always been a, a great friend of Barbara, or should I say Barbara's an old friend. So obviously we've, we've been in touch over the last 40 years as a friendship. And listening to her inspiring the passion and the things that she talked about the Time Bank, I wasn't quite sure that I understood it and I was working full time, so I kind of used that as a bit of an excuse. But when I retired from my substantive post, I thought, Perhaps I should find out more here, being inspired by this. So that's what I did. But I was concerned I didn't have any real skills to share. So when they were looking for committee members, I thought, well, I've actually done a lot of that kind of work in my career. So maybe I can start off with that. So and something that Laura mentioned was that it's not just offering time up by yourself or, or receiving it, but there are groups around. Absolutely. And for me, that was an easy way in because I was a little bit confused and perhaps a little bit daunted. So uh, there's a conservation group when the dates came up. So I thought I, I can actually do that. And it was going along to Magdalene and Glen up by Asda and it was helping clear. So I kind of went along and chatted to a few people and they were all nice and there's different age ranges of people. And it was a lovely afternoon. So I felt that I'd met people. I'd done something useful, which was quite key for me. And there was tea and cake at the end, which I think is provided by Kirsty and James who lead that group. So it was a lovely experience so it was just some easy way in rather than having to do a transaction but there's some brilliant groups such as the craft work the quality of that that I've been to too is really inspiring there's been a cookery group that I've sat in someone's kitchen and learned to bake scones of a family shared secret recipes there's been some wonderful talks that we've had at the Belfield that have attracted different groups of people so there's lots of different ways in I think to the time bank depending on your own interests and your own sort of social anxiety or confidence or whatever so there's lots of opportunities and it's actually much more straightforward when you get involved into some little way to start with yes i remember interviewing tom stevenson who graves the talk about this hundred years of radio that was really interesting and a lot of different people came along to that lots of people on their own but wonderful tea and coffees were provided and obviously on the committee and it's her father who did the the talk so yeah that one example and we've had beekeeping and we've had wild swimming so just a range of topics for different people one of the key strap lines for time banking which is it's not volunteering it's sharing so it's all about building community capacity any community group could approach the time bank for help mm -hmm. and it would be considered if it was appropriate under the constitution i suppose or within the ethos the only things i think we don't do is personal care or child care one thing I heard being talked about was the fact that you actually helped somebody move house. So one of our really early members was moving house downsizing and needed quite a significant amount of help. And different members went along to help pack. There was other members that went along to clean. There was other people next door that ended up making cakes for the day and somebody else was serving tea from down the road. And everybody came together as people taking things to the dump. I think there was probably about eight members all together on the day. And it just felt such a social, wholesome, yeah, just a really lovely celebration of what the Time Bank has and can offer. A neighbour became a member that day as well. Yeah, that's right. 
in some ways it's a bit like building back the communities that may have existed a few decades ago and that's I think that's one of the ideas behind it as well is that it's drawing people together one of the things that people have valued in the time bank is meeting people of different generations I don't know if it's happened yet but one of the things that I really like to think about when we were starting out was maybe a 16 year old 16 is the youngest age for a time bank member but a 16 year old maybe painting the nails of an older person in the time bank cross-generational yeah. friendships building yeah. and maybe in return for being taught how to make a pot of soup I don't know has it happened not at 16 I don't think I remember having exchanges with older members and having my kids with me. And I think that they have benefited from seeing the community that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, when Irene was on the committee and she was teaching me how to make trousers and I've never, ever made any item of clothing and she was <laughs> showing me how to cut patterns and Charlie was there mm -hmm. at five years old observing yeah. the... That to me was, you know, similar to mm -hmm. the relationship with Barbara. I don't have... My parents around, my grandparents around, the kids don't have their grandparents. And, and have I, I, the... don't, I don't have cousins and nieces and nephews around either. So mm -hmm. it's been a joy watching Kirsty's children grow. And, you know, it has. And mm -hmm. it's, we'd we wouldn't have met. No. Our, our circles wouldn't have overlapped. Christine, was bringing you back in. Mm -hmm. Has it actually been, from your point of view, a worthwhile exercise? Definitely, yes. And I think on lots of levels, picking up just from this conversation of, of meeting and, and involving different age groups. I think another wonderful moment for me was the Christmas Carol concert, uh, an informal concert that James and Kirsty led. So with their three children, we went out in the streets and then we went back to the house and there was a whole group of people, different generations. And it was such a warm, lovely feeling. I can't sing, but I was able to rattle the tins and I was able to talk to lots of people. And the sideline from that, too, is that we did it as a, as a sort of charity fundraiser so we donated the money to Social Bite and that was a group decision from people and I do that as a part-time voluntary job as well so it was lovely to do that and as our annual coffee morning which is a fundraiser for us but we always donate to a charity so we did some towards the Rock Trust last year for young people uh, facing homelessness again and again this year we'll donate I think something to them. We've been through a very very difficult time over the last three years where we've not been able to get out to help other people as much as we might have wanted. How important is it to get the message out that you know this organisation is here and is ready looking for more people willing to share their time? It's important that we reach out to new members, but I think it's also important that people who have signed up some years ago and it slipped off the radar somehow, think again. There's a lot happening. I would urge people to read the newsletter, think about coming along to some of the group activities, or getting in touch. One of the things I, I'm aware of for myself is that I have periods of inactivity where I do very little through the time bank, and then I'll get involved, very involved for a few months. And I feel okay about that. It's not necessary to commit a huge amount of time to feel connected to the time bank. And that's a message I'd like to get out there. Doing one or two things a year can help you feel connected. It's not an onerous thought to become involved. You can do Maybe in spring in your garden, you would need a lot of help and maybe nothing else. But that's a way of connecting. You then might go to one of the social events and so on and so on. That would be the way for me. So it's not an obligation. It's not an obligation. I would get that out. But it's easy to let it slip. And after a period of inactivity, I can imagine it would feel difficult to get engaged again. I would would urge anybody listening to. So the welcome is to there. Start. The welcome, oh, absolutely. When you say about you know doing something for spring in your garden, 
you asking for help as a member is gifting somebody else the opportunity Absolutely. to feel worthy and part of the group. Yes. So that's something mm -hmm. that it's all about reciprocity. Everybody has something to give. And that's yeah. going right back to the beginning of the conversation. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think that feel good factor that comes is something that can't be measured. But that's hard to quantify, but it's very important to mention. You're right, Kirsty. Yeah. yeah. Reciprocity goes very much to the heart of mm -hmm. time banking and is a key to what Edgar Khan, who conceived the idea, wanted to give and wanted to bring to communities. And it very much underlines the value that each person brings and each person has, bringing back what Barbara said earlier on about it's about time, not about skills, and time something that we precious. can all offer and it's precious. Yeah. Finally, there's an event happening this afternoon. What's actually going to be happening? It's our fundraising and also charity fundraiser, but this year particularly is the 10th anniversary of what these people have developed here. So it's just a little bit of a celebration, a little bit more. So it's a birthday party, it's a fundraiser, it's engaging people. So we want as many people to come along as they can. They can pop in for three minutes, have some cake, tool sharpening, buy some plants. Very informal, but kind of hopefully people will connect and it's some sort of celebration and anyone wants to engage or talk to anybody too as a way to get involved, we'd be delighted. A lot has happened over those 10 years and there's a lot to celebrate, though in a suitably time-bank way with this afternoon's fundraising tea party in the Baptist Church Hall. It's the main event of their year, but it's one which is open to the public, so you're welcome to come along any time between 2 and 4 to find out more about the organisation or simply to sample some cake, and cake seems to play a serious role in time-bank activities. And that's it for another week. A reminder that if you have ideas that could make an episode, then contact us through social media or by email to theportypodcast at gmail.com. If you're going, enjoy the tea party. If not, have a lovely week. Bye for now.